0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at babble.com slash BlueWire, spelled dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world.
2: George's
1: box welcome back to George's box home of your future World Series champion New York Yankees just walking it off a, a terrific team victory. over the Twins. The city is alive. COVID can never stop New York City. Broadway
3: is back. Yeah, this team fucking sucks. I don't even know where to start. They've they've won two games. I would say let's start with the sucking. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they've won twice since we last talked. One of those wins was literally five minutes ago against the Twins. So, yeah, two wins since we last spoke. Yeah, I mean... You know, this team is who
1: I've said they were – Who I mean you've agreed with me, who we've said they were all year. They're unmotivated Uh, to know what's on the line. I tweeted today, I am fucking exhausted, exhausted from doing math. I'm tired of trying to figure out how many wins we need over the next X amount of games to maybe have a
3: shot. I'm done checking the standings. We're 0.5 up. We're 0.5 back. We're 1.5 back of home field. We're 0.5 back of the second spot. Yeah, the shit's exhausting. Shit's exhausting. We're either going to be in a one-game playoff or we'll be in two one-game playoffs if we tie for the second wild card. We can get into that and what a clusterfuck that would be. Or we'll be going home on October 2nd. Those are the those are the three options. Yeah. Um. I mean,
1: just we try not to go game by game, and we're not going to go game by game. But like that Blue Jay series was just no, no fight. I mean, we on Monday were so demoralized with that eight nothing Vic, uh, loss that it was like, all right, these guys, I uh, you know, I don't believe in like that the things we say impact the team at all. Of course, but not. there was a part of me that was like, you know, obviously after we hung up from that show. I don't think either one of us was like, hey, you know what? We did a good job on that show. We no, knew no, it was awful. <laughs> it was awful. It was the frustration. It's a holiday. Like, all those things. And I was like, you know what? They'll probably turn it around now to make us look stupid. No. And they did not.
3: They did not. You know what that show reminded me of was when we first started this like early 2020 when the season was postponed and we weren't sure when it was going to start. And we just neither of us really wanted to talk about it just because there was nothing going on. You were hung over from the wedding. I'm dealing with the ankle. We just just weren't feeling it to be yeah. <laughs> to be straight up. The team was giving us nothing. It's almost like the, the team and our circumstances kind of broke us. That
1: I'll be honest. I forgot that we had to do a show until you texted me. And I had just gotten in bed when you texted me at, like, whatever it was, like, 1 o'clock. I was like, yeah, I'm doing a nap. Um, Like, I just don't have it in me. Yeah, I mean, to, to get swept against a division rival that you're a couple of games ahead of. Who's gunning for our spot. Who's exactly. gunning for our spot is just, like, you guys ever watch uh, MTV The Challenge? I have. You're familiar with it. This was... That situation right there, that was a Hall brawl. That was, we're going head
3: on, and we got fucking pancaked. At home, man. Four games at home. And Dan can check this. I think they've won what? Four games against the Blue Jays. They got, they got to be like four and eleven, five and twelve. It's, it's been horrible, and they've played like that, played awful against Boston, awful against Tampa. They're what a game over 500 against the Orioles. like when, you, when we look back and say what went wrong this season, it starts with your division, in any sport. If you can't beat the teams in your own division, you're not going anywhere, and they simply have not taken care of business in the east.
1: And I mean, there's times you can point out like, hey, are they unmotivated or are they just not good? It's one of the two. There's no other. We didn't lose that game, those four games, because of bad umpiring. We didn't lose it because of all the injuries. No, we're healthy right now.
3: Yeah. Fairly. Yeah, and it's, I think it's a combination, though. I think they, they're not talented enough, but I also think they're adopting the personality of their manager, which every team does, which is, hey, everything's going to be all right. You know, we stay even keeled. Who cares if we lost 10 in a row? You know, Boone talks about how they keep the same vibe, whether they've won 10 in a row or lost 10 in a row. I don't think that's a good thing. I don't think, like, I think you should have a little bit of emotion. There should be some ups and downs. Staying this even keel the entire time, I don't know if that works. Yeah, no, it's, it's unhealthy. It
1: like the definition (laughs) of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. And that's what it is. So, I mean, there's been a lot of times throughout this season where I've been like, Aaron Boone's not coming back. He shouldn't come back. He shouldn't come back. But I've never said that firing him in season made sense until Thursday night. You lose four at home against a division rival, setting yourself up to fall out of the playoffs, going in to Queens for 9 11 20-year anniversary
3: weekend, that's the time to fire Aaron Boone. Yeah, I, I would have been fine with that. I had thought about it. I think it was around 4th of July when they were like – I think they were 500 on 4th of July, and that was kind of my breaking point to fire him. And not only that, Jack, is they, they shit the bed in that Blue Jay series, and then they go into City Field on, on Friday night and played some of the worst baseball I'd ever seen. You got Gary, who doesn't know how to make a tag. We'll, we'll dissect that play. I think Glaber made at least one error in that game, maybe two. All right, we're six and ten versus Toronto. Thanks, Dan. So bad. Um, and yeah, I mean, Friday night watching Gumby. I think that inning he gave up six runs. I mean, that that was pitiful.
1: Yeah. Oh wow, we're twenty eight <laughs> and thirty six versus the AL East. Yeah, there you go. We're That's with to... the Orioles, dude. That like oh. the only the only problem is that we don't get to play ourselves. It's unfair. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> or can we get like twenty more games against the Twins? Because then we'd probably win the division. <laughs> at yeah. That point. Um. But, Yeah, but so I thought coming out of
1: Thursday night, like just a lifeless performance, a lifeless series, that it's clear at that point that the guy who makes the lineup, the guy who submits the lineup card, the guy who makes the changes is not motivating these players. The team won 13 games in a row. The talent is there.
3: Yeah, the talent there there is talent there, but is it enough? Is it enough talent? I don't know about our infield, man. I don't know if like the outfield has a lot of talent, Stanton, Judge, sure, but I don't know about our, our the way our infields playing if the talents the talents really there and the catching position.
1: Well, I mean, the outfield there's clearly a lot of potential with. Yes. Rizzo at first base, not going to hate that. DJ's yeah. been finding some hits. He's he's looked a little bit more like himself. Urshela is has you know when Urshela has played good offensively, it's been a, a shock for us. Like that's bonus. He's a gold glove, a gold glove caliber defensive player. He is. He is. Gleyber Torres
3: is a black hole. <laughs> You think about all the places to, to place the blame, and I think it's got to start. It's got to start with Torres, number one. I mean, he's the worst fielding shortstop I think that I've ever seen, and clearly the experiment's over. Boone said today they're going to move him off pretty much permanently. I mean, that's as scathing of criticism as you'll ever get from Boone saying that you're done. You're done playing here. They're going to move him to second. They're going to have Geo play short. But it's it's sad, man. It's sad to see just how far this kid's fallen in a short time. So. For anybody who's like, you know what,
1: this team's going to win the World Series with a third baseman moving over to shortstop, (laughs) who's only played shortstop in pretty much like emergency situations, and we are taking a gold glove second baseman and moving him to third base, our infield has gotten worse because we're catering to a guy
3: who hasn't played well in two and a half years. 18 errors for Torres and he missed, and what? He's missed, he missed six weeks. He's yeah. missed time. It's horrible. And, and I want to push back. So a lot of times we heard this with Andujar, right? Oh, maybe he'll get better as he gets older. You don't develop better range or more quickness as you get older. Your arm doesn't get stronger as you get older. You, you can either feel or you can't this idea that, Oh, maybe he'll get better. I think that's a total fallacy.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was fine with the experiment, you know, as it went through last year, I was fine with it to start this year. I mean, he came in the spring training, and he looked good. He looked like he put in the work. And I'm not saying the guy didn't put in the work. I've never said Glaber doesn't care, Glaber doesn't try, or any of those things. He just can't do the job. And right. sometimes that's what it comes down to. And that's it's fine for that to happen, which points me back to Boone and Cashman. Cashman has year in and year out ran out. A uh, roster that has no depth at the shortstop position, zero depth. Tyler Wade is who we've got, and then Cash and then Boone takes until September thirteenth <laughs> to realize the shortstop with eighteen errors, who's missed like six weeks, is maybe not the best option out there for us.
3: It's about time, man. The only good thing about it is that it's in time for this big shortstop free agent class. Like at least Glaber is telling us now, while we still have time to buy more groceries. You know what I mean? That he's that this meal isn't going to work. Like we still have time to go to the supermarket before the hurricane hits. Because if he had had a good year this year, we don't sign any of the shortstops, and then he sucks next year. Like we're kind of fucked. This way, if they want to sign Seeger or Baez or Correa or any of those guys, you know they know that Glaber isn't it at least. You're a Seager
1: guy. That's who you I'm want, right? I'm a
3: big Seager guy, yes.
1: I, I mean, I think he's very talented,
3: but I don't think Javi Baez is what we need. I don't either. I don't either. I just mentioned him in the name. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, Seeger's my number one. Who's your? Do you have a first choice out of that? I, I think prop? Seager,
1: a big part of it is just being lefty. Yeah. Because I don't trust us to get other lefties. But if your options are, and it's not Glaber, but we find another shortstop who's got good defense but isn't a superstar shortstop. Similar to like we go out, we get like a, like a DD type player. Like the way we got him last time. I don't want DD now. Um, and he's throwing the ball to Rizzo. Or you have Seager and he's throwing the ball to Voight. Which one do you want? Because I don't see a Rizzo-Seager offseason.
3: No, I'd rather I'd rather have Seager. Um, I'd rather have Seager throwing a void Now Seager isn't a great uh, defensive shortstop. He grades out around average, but he's so good with the bat. He's a World Series MVP. You know, can can hit in the playoffs. So he's my guy there. I don't think like the more I think about it, I don't think they're going to sign re- re-sign Rizzo, regardless with Void on the roster and with with our other holes. So that makes the lefty bat and Seager even more appealing to me. Um. So yeah, that's where I am with that.
1: I mean, I think if they were to re-sign. Rizzo and whatever it is, you know, the, the day after that, it's like, what kind of shit are we going to hear from void about everything he's done for New York? For the,
3: for the city. But you think about free agency in general, there's not a lot of money coming off the books. I mean, Kluber makes 11 million. He's coming off Gardner. I I think at whatever, four or 5 million, whatever he makes, they'll decline his option, but they don't have a lot of, there's not an
1: option. Uh, It's not an option on Brett Gardner. He signed a two year
3: contract. No, he did they can buy it out for like two million.
1: They could buy it out, but as of right now, like Brett Gardner is on the team. I think they're gonna buy it out.
3: But even if they do, that's two million towards the yeah. towards the payroll. So they but you know, starting after next year, they'll have Britton coming off, Chapman coming off, they'll have more flexibility, but I don't see how they can improve and stay under two ten. Like I don't really what are they gonna do with fifteen million this offseason? Well, you also
1: gotta remember I mean, Judge is having a monster season. He's going to get more money this year.
3: Gallo's, Gallo's yeah. got 30 something home runs. Gallo yeah, well, maybe him and Judge could both make yeah, high, high teens. Let's, maybe 20. So, so let's segue this. Let's segue this right into Gary Sanchez. Do you non tender him? Do you, should we pay him eight million, nine million? I would somebody put a gun to my head today, I would say non tender and, and free up the nine million. Someone put a gun to my head, I'd ask the borrower to shoot Gary
1: Sanchez in the <laughs> fucking head. Excuse inexcusable. And you know I'm the
3: biggest one of the biggest Gary guys. You
1: are I love the it, biggest Gary guy. Joey Gallo is only making six point two million dollars this year. He's That's got
3: thirty something home runs. He'll jump that'll jump to what? Eleven, ten, eleven? Maybe twelve. 12. I'm not like an arbitration expert.
1: Yeah, though. I'm not either. I mean the last thing we want is to go to arbitration. You know, right. you don't want to end up in arbitration. You you absolutely ruin your relationship with the player. But what he hit? What his thirty third home run today? Been a two time All Star. Like I'm surprised he makes that much less than Aaron Judge, New York market.
3: Yeah, I mean he's just as good of a defender too. That's 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 puzzling. Stays healthier. Doesn't hit for as high of an average as Judge. And he any he I definitely strikes out more. But you know guys are guys are going to get raises. And for me, I'm non tendering Gary instead of giving him a raise. I don't think that's even. I don't think that's even a question at this point. Like I used to be like, you know, the talent will take over. He had the bat speed, the exit velo, the arm strength. But it's, it's clearly not – they're not able to unlock it or he's not able to bring it out.
1: Since the Subway Series has started, you would say you've probably watched close to if not every single Subway Series game, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's been some doozies. I can 1,000 percent say – That was the single worst play in the history of the Subway Series. I don't care about a pop-up that loses a game. Wow. See, I would have said Castillo, yeah. Castillo was backpedaling on a pop-up with lights and shit. Gary Sanchez had to stand there.
3: Yeah, it's hard to argue with you. And it was uh, it was the tying run at the time. All he had to do was stand there and he got he moves out of the way. Like, dude, they got the Buster Posey rule. They got you're not allowed to collide. Just stand there. He's like, going to do collide stand there. with you."
1: No, but he was he was on to his at-bat. You know when a receiver has a ball thrown to them and they drop it cuz they turn too early cuz, you know, they made a football move before they caught it? That's what Gary was in the dugout getting ready for his at-bat in his mind.
3: You're exactly right. And I think all of us had the same thought process, was which was like, oh, shit, that was kind of close. And then you're looking at it and you're like, wait, did he did he even get him? And then you look and you see that he didn't and it's like, no way. It was To me, it was pure, pure disbelief, even for him. And he's had a bunch of gaffes with pass balls, drop balls, not taking the mask off, a whole tons of different issues behind the dish. Thrown out at third one. base,
1: first out, third out, like –
3: and you're hitting 210. Like, I'm a guy, if he was even hitting 250 and had 30, 33 homers, like, I I can kind of look past that. Like, if you if you know, if you're doing enough on the offensive side of the ball, I'll give you a pass. But when you're not, and you're not doing it on either side, it's like, all right.
1: Yeah, if a good baseball player makes a mistake, you're more likely to forgive them than a yes. bad baseball player. <laughs> well said. Because well that's yes. – so, I, like, that didn't surprise me because Gary no. Sanchez – is who he is. I mean, at a certain like he is who he is. This is the guy who doesn't bust it out of the box when we need him to. Now, you don't have to do it every time. You're a catcher. But when we need you to bust it out of the box, doesn't do it. When we need a big hit, yes, he got a hit today. Um he's got 21 home runs. That is these are, you know, tw- you're hitting 208, you got 21 home runs. If you are a decent defensive catcher, maybe. But like for catcher, your number one job is defense. I think we can agree on that, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's any very catcher will s- say that. It's very similar to like shortstop. Like I don't need a shortstop that hits thirty-five home runs and a shortstop that is going to captain the infield. Gary Sanchez. If I talk about moving him to any other position. If I say, you know what, we got to get Gary a first baseman Mitt, maybe if we don't sign, re-sign Rizzo, we see if we can figure out the bat, we get him the first base, right? His offensive numbers is a, is a bad first baseman.
3: Yeah, definitely. He's been, he's been slightly above average for a catcher, like slightly above average offensively. And here's the thing defensively. Here's my issue. When he came into the league, I think he was throwing out like 39 percent of base runners. He now he's at like eighteen percent. Like he stopped throwing people out to boot. He had like
1: he had the arm injury a couple of years ago, and it Bicep, wasn't like something yeah. major. You know, it wasn't like he had surgery, but like his arm it just never came back. You're right. Early twenty
3: seventeen, yeah. Yeah.
1: And he occasionally will he'll throw a guy out and it's impressive. And we, we forget for a second that He's turned into Mike Piazza
3: with no bat <laughs> with no and bat. no defense. So he's turned into Mike Piazza's arm. You're right. Every once in a while, he'll flash and he'll be like, Oh, it was a 1.8 second pop time, second fastest in the league this season. But he's not doing that consistently. Like he's not, he's not controlling the running game. And that was supposed to be kind of his thing. And yeah, if you're not, if, if you're not hitting 40 homers, you know, what are you, what are you doing? And look, and, 2016, he had a bunch of bombs. 2017 and 2019, he hit 33, 34. And you're, like you said, when you're a better baseball player, you're willing to overlook certain things. And now we're not overlooking them. Look, you got to be strong up the middle if you want to win defensively. Like you said, and, and at catcher and shortstop, were are horrible defensively. No wonder they're not winning.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, Gary's not starting tomorrow. No. No. Cole, Cole's Tuesday, right? Yeah. Okay. So you know, at this point, game game, you know, wild card game, win and you're in, whatever it is, Cole's on the mound, Gary Sanchez is on the bench again.
3: Absolutely, hundred percent. I don't think that's even a question right now.
1: So the whole situation though brings me back to a thing I've said a billion times. Gary Sanchez makes more than Joey Gallo.
3: Dude, how does arbitration work? I don't even. Oh, under- well, it's Guy not. It's just what the team. Year.
1: It's what the team offers because, like, they don't want to go to arbitration, so they come to
3: an agreement. Guess we're more generous than the Rangers. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, Uh so it's a terrible play, right? All you gotta do is just gotta stand there. He was moving towards the dugout because he thought Villar gave himself up, and Villar. Snuck the foot in there, right? When you have had so many mental errors, like you can't have more. That's the thing. It's like you can't have those. And then the bigger issue for me is that he stayed in the game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I get it. People are like, well, what if Higgy goes in and he gets hurt? Then who's going to catch? Honestly, I don't care. I don't care because you – like Aaron Boone needs to control – like – to do these mental mistakes that have happened throughout the season shows that there is no fear of discipline.
3: Zero. But Boone's incapable. They know that. They know that Boone is incapable, does not have it in him to pull somebody mid-game. And look, we're not saying be like, whatever, was it was a Billy Martin in 78 when he pulled Reggie Jackson like mid-inning to embarrass him? Like I'm not saying purposely do it like that, but the guy's got to come out of the game in between innings. You're absolutely right. Yeah.
1: That next step, Higgy's on the index circle. It is what it is. No one's going to question it. There are going to be some people on Twitter who go, "Well, wow, we're playing the win. We just lost four in a row to the Blue Jays." Yeah, you know, that. it's like, oh, all of a sudden, because fucking nine 11s tomorrow, we, you know, we've got to be on our a game.
3: <laughs> Boone's incapable of making that move. And you know what else I noticed on that play is that how was it Villar or Pillar, whoever was running for the Villar. Mets? Yeah, Villar didn't give up on the play. Like a lot, like I feel like ninety percent had every yeah, 90% excuse. of our guys would have just stopped and waited to get tagged. He at least tried. And like that's that's another example of just like other teams doing more than we're doing. Our
1: guys would have stopped and come up lame with a quad yeah. from like <laughs> stopping too short.
3: Well, Wade would have tried to do a somersault or something to get on to get on SportsCenter, and everybody else would have pulled up lame. Wade You're would have right. been on base. Yeah, <laughs> terrible man. It starts. It starts with those two, and like you said, with coaching, these guys, uh, Sanchez and Torres, neither of them have gotten better under this coaching stuff. They've gotten worse.
1: Yeah, and no, like there is no, like I, I don't. I get it. Like we let Girardi go. Boone's going to be more of like a you know a player's manager. He's going to get a relationship with these young guys. But it's years later. He's not. They're not young guys anymore. These are grown ass men who are not doing their job. And they're not doing their job in an embarrassing way. And when it came – like that was an opportunity in my mind for Boone to show us anything.
3: Nothing. No, I don't – dude, he doesn't have it. And he seemed – dude, he seems like such a defeated – like he just – like he has those dead eyes. Like he he looks done. He looks cooked.
1: He's showing up to the meetings knowing he's going to get fired because he's not in his quota.
3: <laughs> right, right. Like he
1: knows. Like I'm at this sales meeting. We're forecasting – and I'm forecasting the playoffs, but I'm not going to hit that number.
3: <laughs> He's not. And and I, I'll say this again. People are like, well, if you're going to replace Boone, who are you going to replace him with? Like, that's not my job. If, if my car breaks down on the side of the road, I know I need a new engine. It's not my job to know which exact fucking engine I need. Like, w- you can know that we need a change without knowing exactly who that change should be. Yeah, and I – there's a part of me
1: that wonders and it goes back to – um you know, as we kind of go up the chain of blame, I don't know, who wants to come work for Brian Cashman? You chased Girard- chase Girardi out of town. You chased Torrey out of town. You brought in Boone to be a yes man. And now we've yes ourselves into this situation.
3: Yeah, you know, if you get this job or take this job, you're not—I mean, you're not really making the lineup. You—you can have the final say, maybe, but you know, you're going to get strong input from the analytics department. And look, let's jump right to right to Cashman because Boone was his guy. Cashman decided that this was the guy to lead this core to the next great chapter. He's going to be here for ten years. Cashman's got to get a lot of blame here. Me and you have been harder on Cashman than most.
1: Brian Cashman has done nothing more than offer the most money. The best available free agent in the largest media market. He has made some great trades on paper that look like shit on grass. You know that if if you win, you win. And people say, well, you know, hey, he's the winningest GM ever, or you know, the Yankees in the last ten years have won the most games, or whatever it is. You know, people throw stats at me on Twitter. He is tied for dead last with World
3: Series over the last twelve years. Yeah, simple enough. He's got and four rings he walked into like a trust fund kid and hurting a business. Those
1: I mean, that are was. not his rings. No. Those <laughs> are not his rings at all. He, he won
3: 2009 by okay. buying the best available team. Yeah, the, dy- the dynasty was in place there. And and look, it, it, there, there's a simple question here. Do you think that another GM, another man or woman, if given $210 million, do you think they could at least assemble a playoff team? or a division-winning team? I think the answer is yes. I think the
1: OFC would kill it.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Brian Cash will be the longest-tenured GM in Yankees history after 2022. I mean, when was the oldest? GM, a GM. It's got to be
3: some guy in like the 30s or the
1: Babe Ruth days or something. Pretty, it's got to be Priest. Dan, you can just jump in and say stuff. Yeah, when yeah. you got stuff. We're a fourth place team. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, you know, I think if you if you want to win, if I'm Hal and I actually want to show this fan base, like I give a shit. I want to win. The day after the season's over, listen, we're not renewing Boone. You have Cashman make that call and let him know. And when Cashman goes, well, you know, so, all right, I'll start to get a list of guys together. Actually, you're not going to need to do that. Like, we we appreciate your service. Um, you're a part of the Yankees family, always and forever. We have this advisory, you know, bullshit role for you. And then you throw – I mean, it doesn't count towards a luxury tax, so back the fucking truck up for Theo Epstein. He's enjoying what he's doing, apparently. He's consulting for the league. He's got some other stuff. But there's talk that he'd be interested in the Mets job. We could beat the fucking Mets to get Theo Epstein. Yeah, definitely. It's a way better situation. Win this the World Series the in Boston, Chicago, and New York. Perfecto. I mean, he's already up there, like he's in the conversation for it. But you are the greatest front office person in the history of baseball. If you do hands that, hands down. Yeah. Hands down. And Shit. how old's Theo Epstein now? Twenty-seven. He's yeah. Yeah. I is he even? He's not fifty yet, is he? No, he can't be because I remember like he's embarrassingly he's forty-seven. Jesus. Yeah, by fifty years old, he could get this all done.
3: And even with Steve Cohen being the richest owner or whatever, the Yankees still have, I think, more and better quality resources from a baseball perspective. And I still think they have a better, better operation overall. If I, you know, and, and it's still the Yankees and the Mets. You, you can never get rid of that Mets stigma. It's always a stench that's going to be there compared to the Yankees. I think they can beat him out for, for Theo. My issue is the Yankees have become... Instead of a results-oriented operation, they're a process-oriented operation. So when they lose or bad shit happens, they talk about bad luck. They talk about small sample size. We still have a good process. And that kind of results in Cashman never being on the hot seat. That is my biggest fear. That's my biggest issue with what they've become.
1: Yeah, I mean at a certain point, I think it's fair to ask the question, how? Do you want to own the Yankees? Yeah. You know, like there's a different – well, no. Not really – do you want to own the Yankees or do you want to be the owner of the New York Yankees? If you want to own the Yankees, you can own the Yankees. You don't have to be the person who these things roll up to. You know, you just have the, you know, it's, it's just a company that owns it. Lots of teams are owned by companies. And you say, hey, you got 210 mil, go out there, get it done. And you don't be a face that has to, you know, be answered to. You,
3: you put Theo in charge and you let him answer to everything. Yeah, I I think that would be a good move. I mean he's clearly uncomfortable in any kind of spotlight or figurehead role. I don't think he likes being the face of ownership. He's admitted that. No, he said that. Like he
1: (laughs) enjoys enjoys owning the New York Yankees because they make money because they're a revenue-driving
3: company. That's what he enjoys doing. Yeah, the business stuff. I'm sure the sponsorship, like corporate deal. I think that stuff. You know, partnering with Amazon Prime. Like, I think all the non-baseball stuff does. Undefeated. He's undefeated as an owner in that on that front. But he said, "I don't enjoy the sport of baseball." (laughs) He's.
2: he's Hey, guess what?
3: Me too lately, Hal. Me too.
1: Yeah, Um, I just think like. I, I just think it's time for a change. I think the game has evolved. I think when it comes to trades, everyone makes up excuses for these guys. Like, well, you know, like the players the players suck. Oh, well, it's been injuries and da-da-da-da-da. And so how can you – you can't blame Boone that they're not playing. Boone's job is to pick the best guys from what's available for him and get them in a position to win motivate them. If you're saying, oh, well, it's not – you know, Boone doesn't have the right players. Well, then it's Cashman's fault. And if, hey, the guys didn't play, Cashman put a good team together, they just didn't play well, well, then he didn't put a good team. That's how we measure if a team's good, if they play good baseball. And they don't. So eventually, like, there's got to be some kind of accountability. And the way baseball is structured, we don't get to just walk away from the player contracts. And the player contracts are too much money to just walk away from and eat those. But whatever it is that Cashman has on his contract, whatever Boone would have had on his contract, you can walk away from that. There's no, yeah, oh, you're out, whatever, $2 million a year for the next whatever three year,
3: whatever um, Cashman has left. But that's it. Exactly. You can't fire all the players. There there's the saying, you can't fire all the players, so you you fire a coach and look, this isn't just one year. Again, they were bad last year. They were what, thirty three and twenty seven, they got they snuck into the playoffs on the last day in an 18 bullshit mini season format. This team has not been good for a while, man. It's, it's not a small sample size. And and yeah, look, you look at Cashman and you really look what he's done on the pitching side. Look at these interchangeable names, Javier Vazquez, James Paxton, Jamison Tyone, Sonny Gray. They're all different names, but they're all the same. Like guys he brought in, he traded for that were supposed to be good pitchers and they all, they've all flopped. At some point you just, you just can't acquire starting pitching. And other than, like you said, other than giving the best. Ones the most money like Cole and CeCe, hasn't made any good pitching moves.
1: We haven't developed a pitcher who's an every day, you know, an every fifth day reliable player who's going to all star games since Andy Pettit. Yes, yeah, Seve has made an all star game, or maybe he's made two. I don't remember off the
3: top of my head, but he hasn't played
1: in the like, three years.
3: Not just developed; they haven't traded for any either. That's the that's the crazy thing. The only good ones they've gotten were free agency. You, you'd think Cashman trades for a starting pitcher every year. You'd think he would just luck into one at some point over twenty years, but he hasn't. They all flopped. It's almost impressive.
1: And at, at the same time, people like to blame and you know, in part of the excuses for him is, you know, there's a there's a tax. You know, when he tries to make a trade, and I do believe I believe that there is a Yankee tax. And then I believe on top of that there was a Brian Cashman tax, because for all these other guys, and I don't know the age of every general manager across the league, Brian Cashman's the old man. He's a guy that these some of these other GMs watched win World Series when they were kids, watch beat their team. All these GMs around the league weren't Yankee fans; they liked some other team that Brian Cashman took away their joy. Of course, I'm going to charge a little extra for him, and a good way to reduce that tax is to reduce Brian Cashman's role.
3: Well said. Well, it's it's tough to argue. It also feels like Cash kind of has this complex where he only makes a trade if it's like if we're going to be graded the instant winner. If it's like a geo, like if we're getting somebody for nothing, like these g, the g o deal, the void deal. Like it seems like he's kind of scared to. You know, give up and he always t- give up a lot of prospects like we needed pitching at the 19 deadline. He wouldn't make a deal like it seems like he's scared to make a deal unless it's overwhelmingly in our favor. And you get hurt that way because sometimes you got to give up talent to get talent. You're going to have to lose some trades. Yeah, it happens.
1: I mean, it's a it's a game built around going three for 10 makes you a Hall of Famer. And if you're trying to win 100 percent of trades, which I mean, you should be because you're going up to. You know, you go up to the plate trying to bat a thousand, but if you realistically don't get in the box because you're worried you're gonna strike out or you're worried you're gonna foul out, you're never gonna hit a home run. What a fucking analogy. Yeah, that was good. That was fucking good. That was had some dope. good
3: like tying different themes together to make a point today. I'm fucking good today. You know what it is? I'm not high at all. <laughs> Yet. Coming off of last week, we uh we we were due for some regression to the mean as the nerds say. Yeah. Um yeah so I just think regardless of what ha-
1: unless the end result here is the Yankees do the impossible and win the World Series got to go everyone's got to go
3: yeah which would be shock it'd be shocking
1: shocking and then if you can get someone like Epstein and you say hey what can you what can you do do you think you could do anything with what we have and if he's like you know no not really like I need this year, to get Britain off the you know, payroll, I think, does Chapman come off too? After Chapman few- has
3: one more year with Britain too. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, like, let me clear out this payroll. 2022 is going to be a rough year. But guess what? 2021 was a rough year. 2020 was a rough year. And if I'm going to have a bad time, I'd rather just tell me up front I'm going to have a bad time.
2: Don't yeah, tell sure. me it's going to yeah.
1: be a great time.
3: And then do this shit. Terrible, yeah. And you, you ask him questions. What do you think we should do with Judge? Do you want to pay him? Do you want to let him walk? Like ask, you know, ask the key questions about the future. Um, you know, the prospects you got Volpe, and that's the thing. That's the thing with shortstop. You'd mention maybe like a one year stopgap, a la Didi. You know, that could be an, an Andrelton Simmons. He's a great fielder, can't really hit. You give him a one year deal until Volpe is ready. Who Volpe's tearing it up. Yeah. So that's their other option. They don't need to sign. A monster star if they think Volpe's going to be ready in a year and they want to sign a, a Yeah, but yeah. You ask, even if you, you,
1: know. you trade you trade for someone the way like I didn't know who the fuck Didi Gregorius was when we no. traded for him. No. You give me a guy who's going to bat 260 and make 10 errors I'm fine bat 8th. I'm totally okay with
3: that for a year, year and a half It's catcher it's short and it's center field the, that that's the key for me that what are we you know you asked Theo what do you clearly it's not going to be Hicks is not an everyday center fielder I wanted. what's Aaron Hicks look like right now I feel like he got fat there's just something about him that I can just see him blowing up like a tick I heard he was on the field like celebrating after the the walk off cuz I saw Tiana tweeted like oh don't get hurt again celebrating I guess he must be around uh oh, hanging around the team now after 6 it, months yeah he's probably if this team makes the playoffs He's he's
1: ready to be like, guess what, guys? I've been working out in Arizona all year.
3: Can I come back and hit third?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna hit third. I'll hit one big home run, and that's it.
3: Well, what do you want to do in center? Do you want to see if Gallo can do it? You try Judge as the I want the guy. I want to get that gun from the first situation. My fingerprints yeah. are already
1: on it. <laughs> no, um, oh yeah, I guess Hicks was in the dugout for nine eleven too. He got caught with a giant f bomb on the uh, on the air. Yeah, I mean, I, you're not getting anything for Hicks. Hicks uh, not- is going to come into camp as an option. I think Hicks is our fourth outfielder.
3: Yeah, Hicks is. They're going to take. He'll take a picture on Instagram of him looking ripped in February. Say he's in the best shape of his life. Tell you know, come into camp on a mission, and then he'll strain an oblique week three of the uh, of training camp. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he'll be ready to go because, like, he's got to come back so he can get his brother access to sweets. Right, right, right. That's, <laughs> that's,
3: what, that's what motivates that family. That's key. We've, we've ripped them a lot. One more thing I want to touch on is the whatever beef we had last night. That was stupid. We were wrong. Really stupid. And you know what the worst part of it for me is? Every time we have this beef, whether it's Aaron Judge with the boom box or taking the shirt off or the jacket off or whatever in Houston in July or this thing with the Mets, fucking win the game if you're going to talk shit. Win the fucking game. Doing this and losing is the worst look ever, man. It's so embarrassing. After losing on Friday in embarrassing
1: fashion, winning on 9-11, and then coming back and hitting that, you know, game-tying home run. I don't give a shit what anyone says to you when you're rounding the bases. You do not stop. Say whatever you want as you're going, but for Stanton to turn around, he's wrong.
3: Yeah, agreed. And look, Wandy, they said Wandy was whistling or whatever. We've called out other teams for whistling, you know, it, it is what it is. Do I think the Yankees were relaying signs? Probably not. But were they probably being obnoxious? Yeah, I, I think the Yankees on the bench do act obnoxious sometimes. I think all teams do. But just, you know, j- just own it. And to, for Lindor to be the guy to kill Green at the end. Look, Green is the one who blew both of those key Astros games to Altuve. Every time we talk shit, it ends with Green letting up a back-breaking home run.
1: We keep challenging people the Hall brawls and we keep fucking getting backpacked like bananas. It's not like that's what that is. you tied that game. You fucking turned around to yell at the guy who said something to you when you went by, and then that guy won the game. And that and guess what? Francisco Lindor is a met now. Like he got his whatever his met pinstripes yesterday. He went honest? from the fucking boo, and then our whole fan base is just like, oh, did you see Gardy boo? Gardy did the thumbs down. We showed them we lost the game. Oh, people were so excited because Cole got over the railing fast and was ready to fight. The last thing I want is Garrett Cole running onto the field to start fighting Dominican dudes. That's the last thing that I want. They're going to fuck him up.
3: Yeah, he would definitely lose in a fight. Garrett Cole is not winning a
1: fight against anybody.
3: He's probably never been in a fight. I would be, I'd put a healthy wager on that, that he's never been in a fist fight. Probably like a hate crime
1: in high school or something. <laughs> I've heard a lot of rumors about him hiding some pretty bad views behind the Lord. Interesting. Yeah, one of those. Um, yeah, I, it's just, you go out there and you do that and you disrupt the game and, you know, it just, it, that didn't light a fire on her. We've talked for years. I mean, every once in a while, early in the season, the team slumps, and we're like, you know what? Let's get in an Orioles brawl. Let's go. I need Graham Lloyd. That's not who this team is because that didn't happen in September. We know this team is who they are, and that's a fourth-place team.
3: Yeah, man, that's that's depressing. It's like being in fourth just makes it, makes it worse. The fact that the Blue Jays ran us down. After me and you were... Like, we mentioned them. Nobody else was talking about the Blue Jays all throughout the summer. Me and you were like, you know, they're only a game back. They got yeah. this great lineup. Yeah. They don't been, quit. The I'll tell you what. Same play Friday night. The Blue Jays probably score on Sanchez too. Oh, easily. And for everybody that's uses our COVID excuses or our injury excuses, the Blue Jays have been playing at satellite sites, minor league They've fields. They've had three home
1: stadiums.
3: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just –
1: it's not a good situation. I'm happy that Cole is healthy and he's gonna make a start on Tuesday. But you know, it's you don't need him hopping railings at this point. And yeah, that's not yeah, yeah. like what what the things that our fan base look for to get excited over is just like
3: it's not winning. No, I mean the only suspense really left is like, is Cole gonna win the Cy Young? Yeah. What else do
1: we have? to? And, like, I think we're still going to be in the mix for the playoffs throughout the end of this thing.
3: We may yeah, make the playoffs. No, we'll be into it the last week. But, I mean, those last three against the Rays, I could see the Rays. Like, obviously, they'll have already clinched the AAL East. They might have clinched the number one seed. They're still going to play us balls to the wall at Yankee Stadium. If, p- if people think that they're just going to rest up for the playoffs and let us in, you're wrong. Yeah, no, there's nothing more than to knock us out.
1: It's the Yankee tax. It, it's the win's a little better when it's against us imagine getting to end our season we we're supposed to be in first place by ten games and now you're gonna get to end our season yeah obviously they'll fucking bring out glass now will probably come back for
3: that yeah <laughs> and it's with all the times we've thrown at them and had arguments with them and yeah they they they're definitely gonna want to it's it's crazy. They were, I, th- I believe we were the heaviest division favorite in all of this in the entire sport from Vegas in, in March. They were minus two twenty to win the East. Yeah, we were easily supposed to
1: do that. And I mean, we have this stretch coming up now. Three against the Orioles, three against the Indians, three against the Rangers. Bad teams. Bad baseball teams. But we are our, our pitching is still questionable. I mean, like, yes, we've got Cole tomorrow. He's going for a Cy Young. It's great to take Garrett Cole over anyone else in our rotation, but he's still coming off leaving a game for a hamstring. Like, yeah, his bullpen went fine. We get into a fourth inning, it doesn't look good.
3: You know, when you lose one of these games to the Orioles, like, that fucking crushes you. Yeah, I mean, you look at these nine games, three of them are in Camden Yards, the other six are in the Bronx, but that's basically nine home games. Camden Yards is as close to a home game as a game. But it, is, it, you got, is it?
1: I mean, I it's... Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in September, I don't think you're getting a lot of Yankee fans. I just think, I think you're playing a high school game. There's no one there. A couple of people's yeah, parents. Maybe, maybe yeah. a scout or two.
3: Got to go seven and two. Seven and two minimum. If, if they go five and four during this nine-game stretch, season's over. Or four and five.
1: I mean, by the time we next talk, they'll have – it's six games. Three against the Orioles, three against the Indians. Five and one. We have to. Minimum, right. yeah. Because after that, we get to go to Boston, go to Toronto, and then we get the Rays at home. And if we are tied with Boston or Toronto for those, that last spot, we have to go to one of them for the chance
3: to go to the other one. <laughs> And you're using coal in that first one. So you won't even have coal for the actual wild card game. You're, you're fucked. That's them. if, if, if the
1: rotation yeah. doesn't shake out where we've got to use coal. You know, if the last game of right. the season comes down to it, you got to use coal. Right, if right. Saturday, you got to use coal. Friday, you just, let's see. Cole, one, two, three, four. So coal go Tuesday, Sunday, one, two, three, four. Next Saturday against the uh,
3: Red Sox. Yeah, they'll line him up for Fenway, for
1: and sure. then one more. What one, went two, Thursday three, four. He's scheduled to pitch a Friday night against the uh, against the Rays at home, which would get him. He'd be fine for the wild card game, probably. But yeah, or they could always manipulate it by a day. But but yeah, and
3: we don't. We're not in a manipulate. We're in fourth place. I know. We're manipulating. And isn't it funny then. though? Two two weeks ago, we were like, you know, we've rallied. We'll at least get the home wild card game. We can rest Cole up. It's it's crazy how much things change from from week to week. Like two weeks ago, it looked like oh, we're, we're going to be comfortably comfortably hosting the wild card game. Now we're not even sure if we're going to be in it. Uh, we'd be comfortably if we just played 500 ball like the rest of the season, and we're not.
1: Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, it's terrible. It, it's embarrassing. And, you know, yeah, it's, you know, green is green doesn't have, we have no bullpen. There no. is no super one,
3: bullpen. Cause, and like lasagna is a few days away from throwing. He's probably done for the year, if we're being honest. Uh, a strained rotator cuff. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's a big deal. Like, we have, if it comes down to it, I mean, yeah, like Chapman's still the closer, I guess. What a jo- I mean, the, the Chapman, Britain, Green trio, the quote unquote three headed monster, is just totally, totally nosedive. Remember total Darren disaster. O'Day? Oh, and Justin Wilson. Yeah. Remember Jay Bruce? Jay Bruce was this year. That feels like, yeah, years ago. Like those early April games. Yeah.
1: Jay Bruce is the Troy Tulowitzki of Kevin Euclid.
3: <laughs> of Vernon Wells yeah. of Lyle Overbay. No, and let's remember like when they if they start out three and nine or whatever next year let's remember that that's who they are and not this bullshit small sample size like me and you were panicking in April when everybody else was saying oh it's, it's still cold they haven't gelled yet da, 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 da. if you start out awful you're probably going to be awful
1: yeah if you're not if you don't play baseball good probably not going to be good results hot take <laughs>
3: Groundbreaking analysis. Dan, uh, you got anything for uh, the program today?
1: You're on mute. Yeah, I can't hear you. It says you're not on mute on Skype, but we can't hear you. uh oh.
3: Uh-oh, no. We the world may never get to hear this segment. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, no, we, got yeah we
4: got you. Oh, that was weird. Um, so when you were talking about Theo Epstein, it got me thinking. So he went to Boston in 2001, and then they won the World Series in 2004, which broke the curse of the bambino and then he went to Why did Chicago. you put the
1: curse of the bambino in quotes like you didn't think it was real? Like you're well, you're just like a Florida guy talking about covid, like you know, covid. It was real.
4: Yeah, well, okay, so then in 2011 he goes to the Cubs. They won the World Series in 2015, breaking the Billy Goat curse. Yeah. Right? So, if we want Theo Epstein to come to the Yankees, I'm kind of thinking that we need a curse. So
3: what would what should the Yankees curse be?
4: I think fuck. I've been saying fuck a lot this year. That's
1: my curse.
3: I would say the new stadium, but they won. They won the first year of the new stadium, so that kind of eliminates that. Um, wouldn't be anything with Cashman. Uh, they have not won since the boss died. He died in July of 2010. Yeah, they won right before that, so I'm going with that. He died first on like July boss. 4th. I think he died on his birthday. Yeah. Well, it was because I remember it was uh, him and Bob Shepard were like a week apart. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's my curse, curse of the boss. Yeah, I
1: mean, trust me. I can make up a curse if that's what we need. I mean, <laughs> like, it's just like it's depressing. And, it, you know, what's really depressing is that every week we get on here and I'm like, fuck these guys. And then I seven o'clock I'm in front of the
3: TV every fucking night. I am, too, but I, it's not with the same intent. Like, they've been on my second screen a lot more. It's been on mute a lot more like i'm not sitting down at 704 yeah you know like 20 2002 through whatever 2019 2020 nick like i it's it's much more uh you know a little bit de-escalated i, I forget
1: the comedian he's uh he's a guy who got f- hired and fired from snl like right away he's got a um stand-up special that came out i gotta i'll, f- I'll find it while i'm talking to give it to you but he has a whole bit on um You know, because of COVID, he went, you know, he lived in New York. So he he went back to his parents' house for a good amount of time. Shane Gillis, that's what his name is. And he's got a whole thing. He's like, Yeah. And I got to, you know, I got to watch my dad watch the news. It's like, I have a Fox News dad. A lot of us have Fox News dads. And I realize I treat the Yankees like a Fox News dad. I just watch until they hit a point where I'm like, Can you believe Mr. Potato Head's trans? I'm out of here. Like, (laughs) I watch the Yankees until they make me go to bed. Until I'm like, can't deal with this.
3: Yeah, a lot of times it's been Haney. Like, they'll bring in Haney yeah. at that point. And uh, that, that's, like, like, the clearest indication. Like, sixth inning of, like, a West Coast game, down four. Oh, boom. Haney's in.
1: I'm Yeah, done. and I'm just like, can you believe what they're doing there? I'm out. I'm out. That's what it is. I watch the Yankees like a Fox News dad. Yeah. I even watched. I had, you know what? I was like Sunday night baseball. I we had uh, like my in laws over yesterday, so I was like well, I ran a TV outside, so I nice. watched the first like two innings outside last night. Really, just getting ready for you know fall weather,
3: but <laughs> I don't know if the Yankees will be there. No, I don't either. It was weird. The game started, I guess, because of football. It started an hour later. Yeah. It's, yeah, I guess that's because because football started. I was
1: ready to go at seven too. I was like, all right, and I was like eight. I gotta wait till eight for these
3: fucking jerk offs. And eight o'clock on a Sunday is, is just the worst. There's nothing worse than that.
1: And can we just talk about uh, the nine eleven broadcast real quick? Yeah, I didn't see I didn't see a whole lot of it. So it's all deferred to you. Fox just did an awful job with it. Like they, you know, they had this whole ceremony, and Fox was like cutting to commercials and like don't hype it up as like the 911 game and then not show the entire ceremony the money comes before everything for them i know but like being fox you took it off of our local broadcasts right we can't watch it on yes we can't watch it on sny like we don't get the yankee you know the new york experience mm-hmm. and so i know for you guys it's maybe a little different I'm a New Yorker. I lived in New York on 9/11, and uh, Joe Buck said it at the beginning. He was like, "It's it's different for New Yorkers. Like you can tell it's it's different for us to take that game and then cut out of the ceremony, which was, was atrocious." And I'm not Sorry. saying because like it's a disrespect to like first responders or whatever. It, you're just a jerk off. Like that's what you know. People tuned in to see that. And then also, whoever put that together, to have John Franco not with the sanitation people on there is insane. The whole – the only thing I know about John Franco is he wore a New York sanitation T-shirt under his jersey every game because his dad worked for the Department of Sanitation. <laughs> How do you roll him out there with the NYPD if you're going to sanitation? A couple, If you're in City Field and you go – Department of Sanitation with John Franco. That place fucking erupts.
3: Yeah, would have went would have went nuts. That's that's a miss. That's a misfire on their part. But so I thought it was cool seeing Joe Torre in the broadcast, just because it reminded me of like you know happier times, just seeing seeing Uncle Joe. Also, too many camera
1: angles showing that Joe Torre's catcher was a little closer. He's an old man. Yes, it was, dude. Like it was they like just 10 kept, feet closer. Yeah, which I get. He's an old man. Bobby Valentine doing his little stunt, like, I'm going to run to the mound. Like, I'm going to throw from there. I almost jumped through the fucking TV and killed him. He's running for governor
3: or mayor? He, I think he already... Connecticut or
1: he, Yeah, mayor of uh, Stamford, Connecticut. Okay. Where Bobby Valentine owns a restaurant where he claims to have invented the wrap sandwich. It's yeah, insane. It's up, up there with that. the guy who who founded Chick-fil-A, claims to have invented the chicken sandwich. It's just not... Unless it was fucking... I don't know the year two hundred. Like once bread was invented, chicken went on it. Once sure. there, like you didn't invent the rap, Bobby Valentine. Yeah, I didn't like him running up to the top of the mound.
3: You've won we'll nothing, little look, Bobby look at Valentine. Me. Yeah, and it's yeah. a little look at me. You know, make making it about him. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was it. Was not a fun, not a fun Subway Series or a Blue Jay Series, but they they won today. We're one and zero this week.
1: So one to know this week. Let's see, and that's all that matters. I think that's all we got. Yeah, I mean, just, they just got to win some fucking games.
3: Sweep the Orioles. Start there.
1: Yeah, that's all it is. It's they have. I know a lot of people. You know, a lot of teams. We have a bunch of one game seasons coming up. That's all it is. Just gotta, gotta win. Gotta win. We have 18,
3: 19 win. left. Twenty, twenty oh, left. Under it. twenty, I think. Three, six, I think nine. eighteen games. Yeah, we got eighteen games left. Okay. Twelve and twelve and six probably gets them in. Twelve and six puts us in a good position. Yeah, I had said
1: we needed to win two out of three, uh, the rest of the season, and then, you know, we won that thirteen in a row. But then we had this terrible losing streak that Can't does not that gets us behind pace. So <laughs> I don't even know if that gets us there. It's gonna be a rough one. You can follow Nick on Twitter at ncurbynyy. Follow show at George's Box Pod. You can follow Intern Dan Juski 99 nine. How's your grandma doing?
4: She's doing good. She uh she texted me yesterday and said, uh, "Going to Connecticut and then Canada. Need a driver next week."
1: Like Connecticut and Canada. Like she's driving from
4: Florida. Yeah, and they, they wanted me to drive next week, right. and I was like, "I have responsibilities." What I mean, responsibilities do you have? Uh, work, school. Isn't school, like, mostly remote? No, I'm on uh, campus twice a week.
1: Oh. Man, making a nice drive with Trish the Dish, hitting every Cracker Barrel, playing the peg game, sitting in a rocking chair outside. Listening to our pod. Yeah, I might fly down and make this drive.
3: <laughs> I love a good road trip.
1: I do, too, but, you know, week uh, notice. Nick, how's the ankle? I
3: <sighs> right, Four weeks in. But who's counting? Yeah, today is day 29. Tomorrow's day 30. So I'll either have a cast for two more weeks or I'll get a boot. Oh, tomorrow we find out. So you want to actually know how crazy I am. So the so last time I was there.
1: I do want to clarify that I have a feeling that I know how
3: crazy you are. So <laughs> last, last Tuesday I was there and they were like, you know, you're getting a cast for two more weeks. Come back on the 14th and we're, we're probably just going to give you another cast. And I didn't really like hearing that. So I actually set up a second opinion Wait,
1: wait. Hold on. So
3: last – August 31st.
1: Okay. So two Two weeks weeks. ago. Yes. Two weeks ago, they say come back on the 14th and we're probably just going to continue to put you in casts. Yes. Two weeks out, we feel we're staying cast. You got to go second opinion then.
3: Yeah. No, I did. Yeah. Because you were possibly
1: getting out of the cast on the
3: 31st, right? Right. See, that's my issue. Here's my other issue. I'm clear to put 50% of my weight on it. So I weigh like – you know, between a buck forty, buck forty five, depending on the day. So that's what, like seventy, put like seventy pounds, seventy five pounds. I on weigh one hundred I... pounds more than you. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of small for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but oh anyway. wait, yeah. Tell this, and I got to tell you a funny story okay, about right. you and this my is, wife. Uh, this is my last thing, my issue. Yeah. yeah. They're telling me I could put seventy five pounds of weight on it, but they're telling me I can't get a boot. And that just, I'm not a doctor, but it just doesn't compute for me. It just so, doesn't. At- so, did you go get a second opinion? The second opinion is scheduled for the fifteenth, the day after. So you're going in tomorrow to your doctor. If yes. they put you in a boot, you no, know, they put me in a cast. I'm going to the second opinion and being like, what happened? What's the worst that can happen if I'm in a boot? Like, am I gonna? Because if I'm not gonna die or my leg's not gonna snap in half, like, I, I want it.
1: So well, I mean, there's long term effects of like, you know, you walk, you throw off your gait, then eventually you need your hip replaced. There's stuff like that, long term yeah, effects. Yeah. Um but if you go to your regular doctor tomorrow and they're like, "Yep, yeah, you're in a boot. You just cancel that other opinion." Exactly. Exactly. And what is aside from I'm sure the regular just frustration. Do you have like something where you're like, "I can't be in a cast for this." Oh yeah, I'm going away. Uh, I'm going away for the weekend. So, that's Oh, is this your bachelor party? Uh, yes. Are you, and you guys are not going to a game anymore?
3: No, I eliminated that. A while ago, pre-ankle, just by the Yankees sucking. So I'm lucky because we're staying – like it's a really cool like beach house type thing with like – there's like a pool in the back. So it's not like I'll be crammed into like a little small Airbnb. So I'll still be able to enjoy it, hang outside. If you're in a cast, you can put your feet in the pool a little bit. Exactly. It's like
1: little stuff all makes sense, Nick. You're not actually that crazy on this one. All
3: right. Thanks. So, all right. Dude, I feel like for what I have, I feel like four weeks in a cast. It feels like a lot.
1: It feels like a lot. I totally get it. So when was – it was two weeks ago when we talked about John Smoltz being bald. Yes. Yes. So we – the next day, my wife is listening to the podcast and she comes in and she goes, it's kind of weird that Nick was like piling on with that. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, he's bald. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, Nick Kirby is a bald person. And I was like, Nick has a full head of hair. And I go here and I pulled up your engagement photos. And she was like, what the fuck? She was like, I thought Nick was bald. And I go, let me ask you this. Have you ever seen Nick without a hat on? And she goes, that's got to be it. Nick keeps his hair on point. So on the sides, it doesn't look like you've got like a ton of hair because you fresh haircut because you are going to Yankee Stadium every time we see you. And I go, and he's always had a hat on. I go, the only other times you've seen Nick are, like, we've never gone to dinner together. We've never double dated. You guys come over to watch a Yankee game. You're wearing a hat. We're at a bar for the Yankee game. You're wearing a hat. So, yeah, she was just like, it's just weird, especially being bald. And I was like, wh- what are you talking about,
3: dude? I get that all the time, just because I always have a Yankee hat on. People assume that I'm bald, and I literally, like, uh, somebody will make a bald joke, and I literally have to like take it off. Nick, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not bald, guys.
1: Yeah, and I was like, yeah. I, like, I'm not. She was like, no way, and I was like, no, I'm not even telling you. not I even mean, like, he has some hair. He's a full head of hair. <laughs> And then she asked me not to bring it up on the podcast, and then then I forgot last week, and she was like, thanks for not bringing it up. I go, oh, I forgot. I got to bring it up next week. I'll bring it
3: up. Yeah, a little little offended, but no, I get that. I get that a lot. I get accused of being bald. It's like a Curb episode or something. Yeah. All
1: right. Well, hey, you know where to follow them. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx. Uh, I don't know. Leave us five stars. Leave us a review. You know, all those things. Listen, we're all just kind of trucking through this life together. We'll see you at the parade.